0: Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Memphis Tabernacle. Aren't you glad, you know, in the Bible it talks about greeting people with a holy kiss? You know, this whole coronavirus, that could be really weird, huh? And is it kind of dysfunctional? You know, if you're a greeter at this church, this has got to be awkward this morning. Well, uh, good. And if you're a first-time visitor, you're like, these are strange people, you know. Uh, Hey, uh, just before I forget, I actually have an announcement that I'm supposed to make, and that is that, uh, did you know there's a missions trip that's been made available for this church family this summer? Yeah, that's kind of my first assignment. We're going to Nicaragua. And so if uh, you've heard about it, you have any interest, not only is it for uh, youth and young adults, but uh, there's opportunities now for adults to come along with us. We may be doing some medical missions, some construction, uh, and then outreach. It's going to be just awesome. And uh, so right after this service in the growth track room, uh, come right away, and uh, you'll get to hear a little informational meeting and if you don't make it, we're going to have one after second service, too. So, uh, but uh, come hear about it, pray, and uh, we already have a good group that's going, and I think it's going to be awesome. By the way, I'm also here from Yara's birthday. I used to be her youth pastor. And when you hear someone like you've known for 15, 16 years, you're like, oh, God, I am old. Hey, real quick, um, so last year I came to visit Memphis Tabernacle on accident, um, sort of. I was taking my daughter on a 3,000 mile college tour. I was trying to get her to dream big about her options. And all of a sudden we made a change. And I'm look, I'm driving right through Memphis. I got to go see Dave and Tiffany and check out this new church. And they were meeting in a high school. And uh, so we just swung by real quick and had a nice time, enjoyed it. But then something happened. I went home, and every week, and I'm in church and God is dealing with me in my heart. I'm trying to worship, and all I can think about is Memphis. Memphis I don't want to go to Memphis. Going to, I mean, every week, I'm getting, I, I can't shake it. I mean, I can ignore it during the week, but when I was in worship, it's like... And, uh, and so anyway, um, I fought it as long as I could, made a couple trips out here. I was here in August. I felt like if I could come here in August and survive a week or two, that it just might be the Lord. And so when I saw that the real field was 117 degrees outside, it's the closest to Hades I've ever been. (laughs) Just kidding. But anyway, I'm coming. Now, let me tell you what happened. So um, my wife and I, in September, were in Kentucky for a business meeting. And on Sunday morning, we're driving home. And I got this Memphis thing in my mind. And I looked to my wife. I said, honey, (laughs) I don't want to go to Memphis but I can't deny that God is dealing with me about this. At the very moment I said that, as we were entering into northern Indiana, there was a sign. Do we have that sign? <laughs> I'm not exaggerating. The very moment I said this, but I feel God stirring in my heart. We scourged, but took the car off to the side of the road and took a picture and we're like, okay, Lord, we surrender. We're going. We're making plans. I mean, we're looking at a Memphis road in Indiana. I know that'd be a long road to, to get to Memphis from Indiana, anyway. So uh, here we come. I got a picture of my family, real quick. If you want to see them, there we are. Uh, a couple, three teenagers, and that's my mom, and, you know, there and my wife. And we're praying that they uh, pray for my kids. For some reason, they're not yet super excited about leaving their friends and coming to a new city. Please pray. We want our kids, well, two of them are old enough to choose not to, one of them doesn't have a choice. All right. You know, uh, my passion is about helping, uh, I want to see young people today have an awakening to their own faith in Christ Jesus. And as they head into their college years, when a lot of Christian teenagers are walking away from the church, a lot of uh, young people, uh, the enemy is really just trying to destroy their lives. I want to see them uh, rise up and become powerful young men and women of God. And so it's my prayer and passion that they would have an awakening and understanding. Because, you know, when you're a teenager, you start l- wondering if what your parents have taught you all your life are true. And if you're a parent and have been through that, like I am right now, and you have your, you know, teenager say, I don't even know if the Bible's true. You're like, oh, I've been a terrible pastor and parent. My, do- my kid doesn't even know if they believe in the Bible. Um, you know, they're taught all kinds of junk at school, and by the way, they remind me of a story about a a young girl that was talking to her mom about, you know, these topics, this topic, and her mom told her, said, hey, you know, honey, we were created by God, and we're a part of his family, and she thought that was great, but her dad was an atheist, and so she went to go see her dad and talk to him about that, and it, you know, her dad just rolled her eyes and said, honey, that's just not true, we came from monkeys, you know, And, uh, and she went back to her mom, and mom, I'm a little confused. Dad said that we came from monkeys. And she said to her, honey, you can let your dad tell you where his family comes from. And I'll tell you where, uh, where our family comes from. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word of God that you sent your word, Lord, to penetrate our lives, to open our eyes, to help us to see, to have the realities of the kingdom of God become clear, to know that there is an abundant life that you've called us to live. Lord, I pray our hearts would be encouraged today, that we'd be filled with faith and be strengthened to live the life that you've called us to live in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open up to um, Ephesians chapter one. I like to read out of the New King James Version, but today I'm gonna read out of the uh, New Living Translation. And so if you have your Bible, look at it or follow along on the screen, your phone, however you do that these days. Um, But listen to this. It says in uh, Chapter 1, verse 1, it says, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. I am writing to God's holy people in Ephesus who are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. So here Paul is writing a letter, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, but I want you to pay attention to who this letter is written to. It's written to God's holy people. That just means they've been set apart to serve God with their life in this church. And this group of people are called the Ephesians, who are faithful followers of Christ Jesus. So he's talking to people who believe in Jesus, right? These people, are, they're at church, otherwise they wouldn't hear the letter, right? And so uh, they're faithful, and uh, they've been set apart by God. Now, in verse 15, he said, Ever since I heard of your strong faith, what kind of faith did they have? strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. And listen, then he says, I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. Now, why would the Apostle Paul be praying for the, faithful followers who already have strong faith. Like, they already go to church. Are we just supposed to be praying for the people that aren't there yet? See, is it possible that he was praying for these faithful followers with strong faith because they were lacking wisdom and they were lacking insight that even though they were faithful followers, they actually weren't growing in the knowledge of God? I have to assume so, wouldn't you? Is that possible that, that we might be lacking wisdom and insight? Is it possible? Maybe? Let me tell you, I think it's true. And I just want to remind you that in the body of Christ as Christians, there is no neutral. There is no you know just cruise through Christian life, just kind of ride it out for a while. Regardless, you know, challenges come our way. Listen, just there is no neutral because the gravity and the force of life is so strong, it will always pull us farther away from God. And you can even come to church and be drifting from God. Did you know that? You can come to church, you know, come and fulfill the duties, put the big smile on, but you can have issues in life that are pulling you away from your strong faith. I mean, how many, anyone try to do a, a, you know, a garden, you know, like you try to grow a garden or, you know, uh, flowers, you know, gardening, flowering, whatever you call that, you know. How many know that if you don't engage that garden, it's going to get run over with weeds? I mean, stuff is going to grow up. It needs to be cultivated. And so does our Christian life. So do faithful followers. They need eyes to be opened, right? Because check this out. He goes on to pray in verse 18. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you might understand the confident hope that he has given to those he called his holy people who are rich in glorious inheritance. So here we are, remember? Faithful followers, strong in faith, and the apostle, the great apostle Paul, is interceding and praying that their hearts would be flooded with light. Why would he have to pray that way for faithful followers who have strong faith? Is it possible that their hearts have become darkened by what they've experienced in life and things that they've gone through? Is it possible that believers, maybe even us, aren't seeing as clearly as maybe we think we are? That we're not navigating things the way we should, whether it's relationships, whether it's circumstances? Is it possible I think so. And listen to this. He prays that they would understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. I'll tell you, I think I run into a lot of people that believe in Jesus. You ask them to say, I believe in Jesus, right? So they have a strong faith in Jesus, the Savior of the world. But they don't live with a confident hope, a confident expectation that God is with him, God is for him, that God is actually going to lead us into a life of victory if we'll be fully engaged followers of Jesus Christ. Because we can go through the religious, you know, kind of patterns of what you're supposed to do. But Paul was praying, no, that something would be different for that church. And my prayer today is that something would be different for you. And I know David and Tiffany are praying that, that you would have an awakening in your own faith. That you wouldn't follow the normal routine of being a Christian because It's boring. Who wants to be a bored Christian? Yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. And, well, quite frankly, it's boring. And your friends already know it. You didn't catch that, did you? They know. They catch it. So here, let's, let's receive what, from what the Lord's saying because he's praying for these faithful followers who have strong faith. I just want you to know that God's got more for you. God has more for you. And he goes on to say, I pray that you will also understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us. For who? For us. For us. He's saying, come on, the Apostle Paul, I'm praying that you would know about the incredible power that comes from God that's been made available to you. And he prayed that because there were so many people that didn't believe that there was a power that was really great that was available to those who believe. And I'm telling you today that there is a great and awesome power that's available to you by God to put a confident hope and an expectation for your life that it truly can be good, amazing, fulfilling part of your daily life. I don't know about you, if I'm going to be a Christian, I don't want it to be boring, lame, filled with all kinds of trials. How are you doing? All right, don't know if I'm going to, you know. You meet those, well, I don't know if we're going to make it. You know, they get to, you know, they're the ones that always, it's viruses come around. Yeah, I'm probably going to get it, right? <laughs> come on. Come on, God has more for you. I think that God wants us to have an awakening to his love. And this is so critical. You are loved by God. Now, I know you've heard that because, you know, you sing the song, right? Yes, Jesus loves me. Come on. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Why? That's right. I know some of you are thinking, boy, that dude ought to do some American Idol, right? Yeah, yeah, I'd be one of those that were on that, you know, at the beginning, that mockery. Someone didn't love him to tell him. Come on to verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 16. Listen to this. Come on. Paul, again, is praying for these faithful, strong in the faith believers. And he says, I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength in the spirit. Verse 18, and that you may know and have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. Come on, why is Why is Paul praying for the faithful followers who have strong faith that they might know that they're loved by God? We're supposed to be telling the world that Jesus loves them, right? How can we with conviction tell people that Jesus loves them if we're faithful followers who are not receiving the love of God in our lives? Well, listen to this. He loves you, but verse 19 says that in his prayer that you may experience the love of Christ, not just knowing, that you may experience, though it's too great to fully, or to understand fully, listen, then, then you will be made complete. Then when? When you've experienced the love of God. Let me tell you something. The message that Paul's saying is, I know you say you're loved by God, but you don't know it yet. You don't know it. And I'm praying that you have a, a, something happen where this knowledge drops down into your heart, that regardless of what's happening in your life, deep inside in your identity, you know you belong to God, that he loves you, and that he gave his life for you, and he'd do anything for you, no matter what's happening in your past, present, future. He's on your side. He's for you. He's not against you. Come on, there is nobody that wants you to exceed and and enjoy life more than God does. There is nobody who loves you more than that. But you've got to receive it. How do we know that? Because Paul was praying for the fully devoted people. And he knew they didn't get it. He knew they didn't get it. God wants you to get it. He loves you deeply. Why? Because if not, there's something missing. Because if you get it, you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and all of the power that loves that comes from God. Those are the things we pray for, but we have to experience his love in our lives. And don't you know that this is the scripture that all that sets up now to him. You know that scripture that comes up next? To him who is able. To what? He Immeasurably more than all we could ask or think or imagine, Now to him who's able to do these things in our life, bigger than what we could even think or dream. Sometimes we pray that prayer, but we haven't realized it's anchored in receiving the love of God. Man, when the love comes in, you start believing that the promises of God for you are true. You start expecting good things to come in your life because of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. The love of God is what's helped you to see, oh my goodness, he does have good things For me, for my life, for my marriage, for where I work. He does want to prosper me. Why? Because it's the same thing you have, parents. Love for your children. Come on, how many know you want your kids to excel and do well? You don't wake up one day and look at your kids and go, you loser. I mean, if you did, that was weird. Come on, you love your kids. You want them to do something and go somewhere. And God wants you to... As well, but we got to receive that love so that we might be complete and experience the fullness of life that would help our eyes to focus on the amazing, abundant life that He has for us. But Jesus said it He said, I have come that they might have life and have life to the full. This is what He's talking about. But the devil, He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And He's come to the local church to rip people off from the plan that God has for the life. I'm just declaring, let's put an end to that because God has more for you. God has more for you. Why? Because you have a calling. You have a purpose. You have a destiny, and it's a good one. And the devil would like to use all these things to keep you from experiencing And that's why Paul was praying this way. May their eyes be open, Lord. May their hearts be flooded with light. May they see it. May they receive the love of God so that they might be complete and be able to tap into the fullness of what I have for them. You see, God called you, listen, the Bible teaches that before the very foundation of time. In fact, you can read that in Second Timothy. It said, for God saved us and called us. He what? Saved us and called us to live a holy life, meaning just set apart for God's service. He did this not because you were so awesome, not because I was so good looking, uh, but because of the plan from before the beginning of time to show us grace through Christ Jesus God had a dream for my life he had a dream for your life it was corrupted by sin it got stained we experienced things we shouldn't have and did things that we shouldn't have God foresaw that to send his son not only to save us but to redeem us into the calling and purpose that we have on the earth God wants to redeem every one of us that we might experience that fullness come on And it's an abundant life, and it's available to everyone. God has more for you. Listen, there's a reason you're here still breathing air and taking up space on the earth. God has a plan, he wants to get things done through each one of us. Come on, the Bible teaches we are his workmanship. We are created in Christ Jesus for what? The lame, bummer life, just surviving. No, he created in Christ Jesus for good, good. Good things which God prepared when? Beforehand that we should walk in him. And that's what Paul was praying. I want you to walk in it to experience. May every believer experience God's plan. May every believer experience the love of God that I've received. This is what he's praying and it's what I'm praying today. And then check this out in Ephesians. In Ephesians 4. The pastor, the apostle is speaking to people in church, those with strong faith, followers of Jesus. And he says, therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling for you have been called by God. Why would the Apostle Paul Be declaring to a local church of believers who were fully devoted followers, begging them to lead a life worthy of the calling with which they have been called. Is it possible it was because they weren't? They were in church. They were serving. They were involved. But they were missing something deeper, a purpose, a destiny that was available to everyone in Christ Jesus. And here he is having to appeal to them in such a way that I beg you, why? Was it because they were short of helpers in kids' church? Come on, someone come and help us in kids' church. It's crazy in there. I don't know, it wasn't about serving a church. It was about serving up your life. And allowing that dream that God had for your life before the beginning of time to allow God to redeem that purpose, to experience the fullness of the dream that he had for you, the dream that he had for me. Because he says, for you have been called, not by the pastor, not by your mom, not by your dad, not by your brother. You have been called by God. God's looking down on the earth and he says to you, you're called. You're called, I have a calling for your life. I had a dream for you, and I want to see that redeemed and restored. And then he looks at a church like Memphis Tabernacle, and before time began, he had a dream for this community. And he had a group of believers that he was going to bring together. And he going to knock on people's doors in different places around the country and make them move to Memphis for the glory of God. And there's some of you here from Memphis, and you've been praying And God's responded to those prayers, and he's bringing a life-giving church to make an impact in this community of people who are choosing to be fully engaged, devoted followers of Jesus, receiving the love of God, becoming complete. And I'm just telling you, this is a better Christian life. It helps you keep your life with your eyes set upon Jesus, fixed up on the author of your faith. Set your minds above, right? Too many of us have our heads down looking at the problems in our life. And I want you to see, in 2 Corinthians, there's this passage, chapter 6, verse 11, and this is from the message. And this is another letter to another church, the Corinthians in the city of Corinth. And he says, dear, dear Corinthians... I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter into the wide open, spacious life. This is an apostle who saw something. He's looking at the people in the church. He's letting them know, hey, we didn't fence you in. The smallness that you feel comes from within you. He's not suggesting that people don't feel something. They don't feel unworthy. They don't feel small. He's just saying, that's not what we preached to you. We didn't say this to you. Your lives aren't small but you're living them in a small way. Why would you do that? He says, I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. In other words, his message was motivated by love for them. And he says, open up your lives. Live openly, live expansively. He's saying there is more for you in your life than what you're experiencing today. There's so much more. Don't you like, doesn't a wide-open, spacious sound a whole lot better? Do you see the picture that God's trying to paint in our hearts that following Jesus is supposed to be something more than a religious obligation? You know, you follow Jesus, and you're supposed to have a better life and a you know, better marriage and make better decisions. How many know that's a bunch of y'all making dumb decisions? I mean, know there's a lot of us making bad decisions, right? Relational decisions. I'm, you know, well, There's little addictions and sins and stuff, you know, right? Yet God says, I've helped you with that. I want to help you get free. I want you to receive my love. I want your eyes to be open. I want your heart to be flooded with the truth. I have so much more for you. I have so much more for you. Come on, we don't have to to wait till we get to heaven to experience the goodness of God. He wants to show us things here on the earth. Come on, one day we're going to go on a tour and see the exceeding riches of his kindness when we get to heaven. But we're supposed to be bringing that heaven down on earth. And let me just make this and take it another step. It isn't about you. It is. I mean, God loves you, but it ain't all about you. Because if we don't receive these things in our truth, in our lives, we're not able to walk that out into a desperate community who needs to see not another church building. Do you guys know they're everywhere in this city? I'm driving around church, 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 church. Yeah, you tell tell somebody here in this city that you got a pastor, and they'll tell you, I got four of them and neighbor's everywhere, but God doesn't need a church. God needs a life-giving church where His Spirit can flow through powerfully because it's filled with people who are having their hearts enlightened on the inside. It's a group of people who are receiving the love of God on the inside. Eyes are opened. Expectation is growing. Confident hope is stirring up. The promises of God are becoming real. Woo! This is a better life. Somebody say amen to that. Good answer. Good response. But let me just take a moment. And even in a a gathering of this size today, there's some of you that might even hear this, and this could be almost discouraging to you because you've prayed, you know, you've tried, and it seems like life's dealt you some real tough experiences. There's people that are struggling with addiction and you just don't know how to get out of it. There's some of you that went through some relational things, maybe a divorce, a hardship, and there is nothing but pain up on the inside. There's some of you that are battling depression. You come to church with a smile, but you cry yourself to sleep. And somehow there's that pain that has such a strong hold, it's even hard to believe that this could be true for you. It's hard for you to believe because of what happened to you that God could love you. It's hard for you to believe that what you've done that God could forgive and love you today. And I'm telling you, you walked into the right church today because we would say God does love you, and he wants to help you from where you are. He wants to lead you out of that depression. He wants to heal you from that heartache. This abundant life is for you. It is for you. I don't know what happened to your last church. I don't know how you were treated. I don't know what kind of spiritual leader took advantage of you. I don't know what kind of rudeness uh, that, that happened to you. All I know, I'm, I'm already bumping into people that love Jesus, but oh, no, no, I don't go to church. And you find out they had a bad experience. Well, guess what? You walked into a good experience today. All these perfect people. Hmm. A bunch of jacked up people have put our faith in Jesus and are allowing him to transform our lives day by day by day. Come on, somebody. You can get excited about that. God has more for you. And he works out this calling and purpose in each of our life in the midst of our brokenness. We don't, people don't need someone who's got it all together. Those are all the hypocrites. Come on. You want to be genuine? Be real. In the midst of addictions, you can be a light for Jesus. In the midst of sinful patterns that you're working on, you can be a light for Jesus. Come on, from wherever we are, God wants to take us and be light to a community. Your testimony may not be that God saved you from drugs or something like that, because that was always the big testimony that if you were a Christian, you're like, I don't have a testimony. Listen, the testimony is that God's at work in my life now. He's getting me free now. He's improving my marriage now. He's healed my broken heart now. He's delivered me from my addictions, and, I'm, and he's taken me out of it now. Man, people need to hear that message that uh, God helps those who are not in a good place. Can we pray together? Heavenly Father, may the prayers that came to us through the inspired word of God, may those prayers flood this place. And Lord, we agree with your word and we agree with those prayers, Lord, that those of us who are becoming faithful followers, who are faithful followers, for those of us who are even strong in our faith, that our eyes would be opened, that we would acknowledge our need for the love of God. Lord, my prayer is that today, supernaturally, we'd experience your love, that it would drop from our head into our hearts. And Lord, you begin to do work in each one of us and do a work in this life-giving church Lord, that we would begin to have our eyes open and seeing the amazing plan, the great potential and the destiny that's been planted in each and every one of us. And as I pray, if you're here today and you're thinking, I need to make some adjustments. Man, I need to turn my life over to the Lord, whether it's for the first time or you, needed to tu- you just need to turn your heart over to the truth of God's word. And allow that abundant life to flow through you. Allow God to deliver you from all of the things that have been limitations in your life. I just feel like it, it'd be great to respond to God with everyone's eyes closed right now. If that's you just, and, and, and you need God to do a work in you and you're willing to receive it and, and you want to become a fully engaged follower of Jesus and you want that, a bunch, just slip your hand up right here and say, God, that's me, God, that's me. I want all that you have for me. Come on, just put your hand up if that's you. Say, yes, Lord, I want what you have for me. And Lord, for those who have responded in their hearts, Lord, we pray for the miracle of your light to flood in their hearts. We pray for the miracle of the love of God to penetrate each and every one of us. Have your way in our lives, I pray. Would you pray with me out loud? Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I give you my life. I give you everything. My struggles, my hardships, I'm rolling my cares onto you. My faith is in Jesus. Lord, I know you love me. You really love me. You have a plan for my life. You have a destiny for my life. May your plan come to pass. I make myself available. This is my prayer. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen.